Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! It's the national championship for Notre Dame! Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame, 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game! The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com. The free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to a Friday installment of Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on 960 AM WSBT. Streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on the WSBT radio app. We're also live on the Twitch app. Nine minutes after 5 o'clock on this September the 16th of 2022. Welcome to the program. A special welcome to all the Irish fans coming into town for tomorrow's matchup with California. 2.30 kickoff here on WSBT Radio. Our pregame starts bright and early at 8 a.m. Also a shout-out to some of the Cal fans in town. Saw a few Cal hats out at Blackthorn earlier today. So welcome to all the Golden Bear fans who have a chance to come to South Bend to see their team play at iconic Notre Dame Stadium. As you would expect, a lot of Notre Dame football talk on the day before the Irish take the field and the Irish looking to pick up that first win. They're 0-2, trying to avoid an 0-3 start. The last time that happened was 2007 when Charlie Weiss was the head coach of the Fighting Irish. We've got plenty to get to. A prediction on tomorrow's game also coming up in just a little bit as we get things rolling on Budweiser's weekday sports beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The first pitch of the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Of- Into the wind of his first offering. 
just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Our opening segment begins with our advantage game. Six categories to break down the Notre Dame-California game tomorrow at Notre Dame Stadium. We'll start when California attempts to run the football at the Fighting Irish. I think this is advantage Notre Dame. Yeah, I know. The Irish are giving up 195 yards per game. Cal's running back. Odd has been good so far. Here comes the yeah, but. That was against Cal Davis and UNLV. The Irish have given up a lot of yardage. Marcus Freeman has talked about they have to tackle better. We all agree with that. I think the improvement starts tomorrow. And I think when California attempts to run the football, advantage Notre Dame. What about when Cal throws the football? Jack Plummer is the head coach of Cal. Was the quarterback for Purdue last year at Notre Dame Stadium. Average less than 10 yards per completion. Not expecting him to throw the ball down the field a lot in this game. I think they're going to try to play ball control, move the ball with a short passing attack. And I think with the way the Notre Dame secondary has played so far, this is a good matchup for the Irish. Plus, California's pass protection has given up six sacks in their first two games to Cal Davis and UNLV. Notre Dame has four sacks on the season, one against Ohio State, three against Marshall. I think Notre Dame will get close to a handful of sacks tomorrow against California. So when the Bears throw it, advantage Notre Dame. A third category in the advantage game. What about when Notre Dame runs the football? Well, you should expect the three-headed running back monster to continue. Audric Estime, Logan Diggs, Chris Tyree. There's been a media push for Chris Tyree to get more touches. He has had 12 touches through two games. That is six touches per game. You go back to his freshman year when he was the backup to Kyron Williams. He averaged more touches per game as a freshman behind Kyron Williams than he has through two games this year. Tyree is a freshman, 11 games, 81 touches. That is 7.3 touches per game. He's averaging six over the first two games with a couple of sophomores in the mix. Let's also put into the equation a really good running quarterback, Tyler Buckner, lost for the season with a shoulder injury. He's not going to be a factor in the running game. So more on the shoulders of a very capable group of running backs. I would like to see Tyree get more touches. We'll see if he does. And if he gets more touches, then I feel good about when Notre Dame runs it, advantage Notre Dame. Now we go to another category when Notre Dame throws the football. This is the one 
I'm not sure what we're going to see. Drew Pine is now your starting quarterback. I think he'll have a good day. I hope he avoids the costly mistakes. So I'm going to be a little cautious here. I believe I should give the check mark to the Irish when they throw the football. But since I'm not sure what we're going to see totally from Drew Pine, I'm just going to say neutral. It's a coin flip. It should be advantage Notre Dame, but I'm going to be just a little bit of a chicken here and just go neutral. Same for special teams. I think it's a coin flip. We'll go neutral. And intangibles, I'm going to go California. Coming across the country, double-digit underdog, not expected to win this game after kind of looking eh against Cal Davis and UNLV. Notre Dame, maybe a little pressure on the shoulders, trying to avoid going 0-3, trying to get their head coach their first win. I would hope they're extra locked in after an 0-2 start, but I'm just going to say California can let it ride. They can just wing it. I'm going to give them a slight advantage in tangibles. So the Irish get three check marks in the advantage game, one for Cal, and two neutrals. Let's go a little deeper into this ball game. I think the Irish will have the lead at halftime. I think it's going to be a tight game throughout the first half. I think the Irish take the lead early. Cal kind of hangs around. Not because they're playing great, but I think Notre Dame's trying to settle in to their offensive game plan with Pine. Now, there is a chance we might see a little more tempo from the Irish offense with Drew Pine. It's almost like we're turning back the clock to Jack Cohn midseason last year. Notre Dame rushing the football in this particular ball game. I think it's going to be a, a pretty good day for the Fighting Irish. I've got them 28 carries for 164 yards. Chris Tyree with the most rushing yards. I've got Tyree 10 carries for 78 yards. Audric Estime, the most carries of the three running backs with 12 for 66 yards. When Notre Dame throws the football against Cal tomorrow, Drew Pine making his first start. I've got Pine 16 of 28. Big plays mixed in. So his passing total, 248 yards. Two touchdowns with one interception. His top target, tight end Michael Mayer. I've got Michael six catches for 71 yards and a touchdown. The most receiving yards belongs to Lorenzo Styles. He had 100 receiving yards against Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl. He's go going over the century mark tomorrow. I've got Lorenzo Styles five catches for 110 yards and a touchdown. I gave Notre Dame the check mark when Cal runs the football. I estimate Cal in this game 25 carries for 81 yards, 3.2 yards per carry. Plummer in the Cal passing attack, 25 of 39 for 234 and a touchdown. I'm going to say that Plummer, once again, under 10 yards per completion, just like last year as a Boilermaker. 
at Notre Dame Stadium. And I'm going to say Tariq Racy has the most tackles from his nickel spot with eight. As we look at the spread for tomorrow's game, how about a couple of predictions there? Notre Dame favored by 10.5 or 11. We'll use 10.5 as our number. I'm going to take Notre Dame minus 10.5, which is not a popular pick. Most of the media projections I have seen today have the Irish winning a close game and not covering. I guess I'll be that guy that feels like they will cover. I'm going to take the Irish minus 10.5 at minus 110. Total points, 39.5 is the number. My game prediction has a total of 39 points, so I am just barely under. My final score prediction for tomorrow's game, the Irish will pick up their first win. Final score, Notre Dame 26, Marshall 13. Did I say Marshall? I think I did. Sometimes when you say something and you think you said it, I think I said Marshall. Let me try that again. Notre Dame 26, California 13. See, I've not washed out of my mind what happened last week at Notre Dame Stadium. I apologize. 26-13 Notre Dame over California. Bo Bauer, fighting Irish linebacker, back for a fifth year, was expecting big things. Instead, his football team is 0-2. Based on his session with the media, he is still locked in, and he is ready to change things on Saturday. Give a listen some of the thoughts of Irish linebacker Bo Bauer this week as he and the Irish prepare to take on, not Marshall, California tomorrow at 2.30 at Notre Dame Stadium. I mean, it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life is to walk around the locker room and look these guys in the eye who've given me the greatest, you know, greatest gift, the greatest trust in my life to be a captain and to lead these guys. Um, so every day it's super hard, but it's also motivating. Like I'm not walking around with my head down. It's like we're finding a better way to do this thing. Like just because we took two stumbles doesn't mean we're going to not get up and finish this season the right way. And I'm willing to find a better way, whatever that may be, and do whatever it takes to get us headed in the right direction. What have you seen through the first couple of games that you've seen as a positive and something that you can carry over into the early rest of the season? I mean, if you guys watch us, we're playing super hard. Like, it's not a lack of effort. It's not a lack of love for each other. Like, we're out there sacrificing our bodies and everything we have to win these games. It's just we need to focus on execution when we need it the most. As a leader in go down to what are some things that you sort of look at for yourself and assess as how you can help of course, the first thing I said is what could I have done to you know get these guys to the point? Like I've had fantastic leaders my whole career here from my first year with you know Drew Tranquil and Tyler Newsom and those guys until last year with Kurt Meyer and that crew. Like we've had great leaders who have not let the you know the standard fall. And now that's off my shoulders and I've you know I've been here and I should be leading these guys to something higher than 0-2 start. But you know, it goes back to I have to trust my training and trust, you know, the people who've led me and those lessons I've learned through them. And we just have to make it out to the other side. 
Coach Rose mentioned a lack of takeaways from a player's perspective. I know a lot of that can be circumstantial, but how do you go about sort of I mean, it's going back to being intentional again, you know, intentional with making sure execution's on point, but we have to attack the ball. Like, it's not like coach isn't teaching us the, the correct techniques. It's just we have to see the ball. We have to act the right ways. We have to, you know, be in the right position. And sometimes it's what you're saying. It's circumstantial. We're not there. It doesn't go our way. But, you know, two games, no takeovers. Now it's starting to be like we have to take, you know, ownership for that. Well, you guys, um, in those first two games, kind of, Based some running backs there were able to not necessarily have the way, but you guys weren't able to execute when you know they were having those making those run plays. But what is it about this upcoming matchup that you guys are looking to change? Uh, Coach mentioned the, the tackling format of trying to execute that better against the run game this weekend. Yeah, I don't know if you're able to see practice, but you know there's. 11 angry guys out there every snap on defense trying to knock back the tacklers, putting them on the ground. Like Those are people who are really putting their bodies on the line today so that Saturday we can be successful. So it's not, we're taking it very personally that that kind of didn't go that way. You know, we did a good job, we did a good job, and then they'll have an X play, you know. And at the end of the day, that just can't happen. So we just need to be better. Well, going from the mindset of finishing to executing on every play, what are you worried no, it's, it's what we've always known. It's, it's in the small details. You know, when the time, when it matters the most, can you do what you need to do? And I think a lot of the times that comes down to the guys, we all love each other so much that we want to make the play, not for some selfish reason or something. It's we want to win the game together to see our brothers happy and successful. And we just kind of have to make the game smaller. Just look, what's my job this play? And do that over and over and over again. And I think we're going to have great success. Some of the comments, uh, Bo Bauer, Irish linebacker. He'll proudly be wearing the Notre Dame green jersey tomorrow. It is that green jersey game against California. And I know it has sparked a lot of conversation on social media, not because they're wearing green, because the color of the letters and the numbers are different on the back of the jersey. They are putting the names of the players on the backs of the jerseys for this game, normally something that only happens in the postseason. But the player's last name is in white, but the numbers are in blue, trimmed in gold. It is a bit of an odd look. I think most people agree that who have been commenting on this from an Irish fan standpoint, the, the jerseys would look awesome with white numbers and not blue ones, but... For whatever reason, they're going to have blue numbers and white letters above those numbers on the back of the jersey. But it is a green jersey day, green day at Notre Dame Stadium. Hey, don't forget, tomorrow the Legacy Heating and Air Game Day show with Tim Ground, Jim Arizari airs from 9 to 11, and they are broadcasting live from the center of Eddy Street Commons across from Five Guys the schedule guests include former Notre Dame star safety return specialist and NFL Pro Bowler Alan Rossum, former Fighting Irish players from the year that game day first aired 50 years ago. Back in 1972, All-Americans Frank Pomerico, John Dampier, and Gary Patempa. Former Notre Dame linebacker Tavon Coney will be on the show, and former Notre Dame player and current Manager of the band Chicago, Peter Chivarilli, will be on the program tomorrow. The Legacy 
Heating and Air Game Day Show, 50th anniversary, Tim and Jim, live from the center of Eddy Street, Commons across from five guys from 9 to 11 here on WSBT Radio. 526 is our time. Coming up next, Blue and Gold Illustrated's Patrick Engel offers his thoughts on what he expects from quarterback Drew Pine tomorrow. That's coming up as Sportsbeat continues on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. For those moments you'll want to remember. Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Touchdown, Chris Tyree! Yes! 98 yards! On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Wide open, touchdown Notre Dame! Lorenzo Styles. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Sportsbeat continues on WSBT Radio, streaming live at WSBTRadio.com on the WSBT Radio app. Patrick Engel covers Notre Dame football at Blue and Gold Illustrated. Check out his work at BlueandGold.com. He'll be in the press box at Notre Dame Stadium tomorrow as the Fighting Irish will take on the California Golden Bears, a 2.30 kickoff in a game, of course, you can hear on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, Patrick, good to talk to you. Before we get into what might happen tomorrow, let me just get your thoughts on the first two games and maybe what has surprised you the most about the fact that Notre Dame is 0-2. Is there a portion of this football team or an individual player or a scenario that has really stood out to you that has surprised you that it's unfolded over the first two games? Yeah, I mean, talk about a season that's just turned into a total wild card as far as not really knowing what you're going to get from here on out just two weeks in. But in terms of surprises, I think it's the line of scrimmage. And I'll start with the defensive line and a unit that I think everybody rightfully thought would be the best on the team and, and probably still will be by the end of the year, just in terms of there's too much raw talent not to eventually kind of get it together there. But you saw that as a unit that was good enough to, that you think, make good lines have bad days. And not only have we not seen that from Notre Dame's defensive line, we've seen them kind of get taken to it a little bit more than I'm sure they'd like to. I mean, Marshall running for 163 yards at starting running back alone hit that number on 31 carries. I, I imagine that's kind of the thing that really leaves a bad taste in those guys' mouths. And then Ohio State not really being able to get run stops and negative plays uh, when it counts. It's in that fourth quarter on that drive, but really all game long, maybe just a couple tackles for boss. But I think the biggest maybe misread, at least early on, was the offensive line is something yeah. that could be a strength and certainly has the on-paper talent to do that when you look at Lake Fisher, Joe Walt, guys who have high upside potential, veteran guys in the middle there. But so far, has it's really not been. And again, wouldn't rule that out over the season improvement, but – I think that's been the area where we expected the most and has been, I would say, the biggest surprise and an area that's kind of left us really wanting to see more from. Patrick, you reviewed some of Drew Pine's snaps from last year when he was playing quarterback for the Irish against Cincinnati and at Soldier Field against Wisconsin. Watching those snaps and looking ahead to tomorrow, what do you expect Drew Pine to look like? Yeah, I don't think Notre Dame is going to put him in a position to just say carry the offense, you know, go sling it around, go throw it down the field, put it through a keyhole, anything like that. Just ask him, make the right decision, make the right play, help 
move the ball, manage the offense. And my suspicion and kind of what I, would, I would think we'll see a little bit of is just something, you know, shorter, quicker hit type throws that one, help out the pass protection stuff that's still kind of been, you know, very much a, a work in progress. And two, I think Notre Dame, at least in this game and, and maybe in the next one next week at North Carolina, probably has the skill talent to win on the perimeter, at least uh, against Cal here with Lorenzo Styles after the catch, Chris Tyree in the open field, Michael Mayer just well, doing anything. And I think you're going to see Drew Pine just get, like be put in a position to get the ball to those guys, let them you know go make plays in the open field, run after the catch, and a little bit less of the downfield shots, uh, you know, stretch the field type of stuff that we saw with Tyler Buckner the first two weeks. That you know, for whatever reason, whether it was not having a, a go up and get it guy like Kevin Austin last year or like Chase Claypool before or Miles Wilkin before, or just Buckner being a little short, long, uh, off, left, right, whatever it might have been on, on deep balls. It just wasn't quite there. And no, not exactly the ideal offense maybe you're looking for from Notre Dame, but that time to think about ideal ceilings kind of pass right now when you're already down to a backup quarterback and, and kind of staring 0-2 in the face. Patrick Engel covers Notre Dame football at blueandgold.com, my guest on this Friday evening. I mentioned to my listeners a little bit ago, when Chris Tyree was a freshman, backing up Kyron Williams, he averaged 7.3 touches per game. Right now, through two games of his junior year, he is averaging six touches per ball game, which is really surprising. Now, Patrick, I know we've talked all offseason. This is an extremely talented running back room. There is a lot of depth in that running back room. But when I came into this season, I felt like that you had Styles, Mayer, Estime, Tyree. Those were four really good weapons to use. Now, Estime and Tyree are to- two totally different players. I understand that. But I have a hard time imagining with all the questions at wide receiver how Tyree can help there, plus running the football with his electric speed. He's only got 12 touches through two ball games. Do you feel like that's going to change in a hurry? Do you feel like it's something that would make this offense better? I think it definitely is something that, that should change, just in that, in terms of what works. Like, if Notre Dame's just looking for anything that works on offense, Chris Tyree touching the ball in whatever capacity, whether that's running, getting him out as a receiver in the open field. You saw how he's been used in, in the screen game the last couple of years. I don't know if you've seen a whole lot of that in the first two games, but when you're thinking of quarterback-friendly throws and plays, uh, throwing screens for Chris Tyree certainly qualifies that. So, yeah, that 12 touches is a little hard to reconcile when you think of, like, he actually leads the running back room and snaps by just a couple overestimate, but nonetheless. And we heard Tommy Reese tell us the other day in his Tuesday media availability that it's, obviously they like all three running backs, and I think that's uh, there's good reason for that. And they all can help in, in certain spots, but he had mentioned it's hard to play three and – well, right now, I think the easy answer to that is well, don't try to play three, especially when two games of Logan Diggs looks like something isn't quite right, whether that's still something lingering in the shoulder issue he had uh, over in surgery on in April there. But if it needs, if you need to shrink that a little bit while he starts to find himself and just help get one of your best playmakers the ball more often uh, with Kyrie, I think that's something that at least well, maybe, if not it already is in the plan, uh, something should be strongly considered here. Patrick, I guess listening to some of the comments from Coach Freeman, Coach Golden, the players, 
I get the sense, and maybe I'm wrong, so I'm going to ask you. I got the sense from a defensive standpoint, I feel like they're going to make things a little more simplistic this week in their game plan. Did you hear the same thing? Are you expecting something different from the Irish defense tomorrow? I wouldn't be surprised, and if only because of Marcus Freeman's influence on the whole thing and the say he has just overall in looking at how that helped him last year as a defensive coordinator when through two games they've given up four plays of over 60 yards, given up, uh, I'm trying to get mental math off my head here, but 38 points at Florida State. 29 against Toledo, so 68 over the last first two games of last year. And a lot of what he discovered was, I think I'm just asking too much. There's confusion. And scale it back, and you saw a lot of the miscues, missteps, just hesitation moments eliminated through the rest of the regular season on defense last year. And if that's what they're kind of sensing here with the first two games now on those two 90-yard drives in the fourth quarter and why they don't have a takeaway or whatever it might be, like, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, some of those you know, three, three, five packages or, or whatever else might be causing the most confusion uh, are, are kind of put on the on, on the back burner here for a little bit. And then just as far as go, just simple. I mean, we, you kind of hear – it's a little bit of a cliche from defensive coordinators every year. I mean, they talk about in-season adjustments and usually simplifying things. But I think there's a reason it shows up a lot because generally it works. And you see those – few moments of hesitation like on that third and nine Marshall converted deep in their own territory mm-hmm. where Ramon Henderson bit on the play fake and he lost the, the tight end there that he had in man coverage and let him turn the corner and get a first down on a nine, nine yards on a, a screen pass like I think that's when you look at that kind of play and think all right is, or is there something where it's just not clear to be an S too much and given how Freeman made that work last year with a similar emphasis no I wouldn't be surprised if you know we're hearing this time next week or early next week that the, the coach's narrative and, and what they what they said they changed was simplifying things and, and just making it easier for guys to recognize their assignments. Patrick, I think the secondary is off to a really good start so far this year, and they're doing that without what I would call a difference-making pass rush. Now, they had three sacks against Marshall, only one against Ohio State. Howard Cross is off to a fantastic start this year, had that sack in Columbus. What type of grade would you give the Irish defensive line so far? It's supposed to be a strength of the team. Yeah, I, I think it would have to be like a, I don't know, an average grade. So what would that be? A, a C just in the sense of like the overall defensive numbers are good, but you know, you look at times where they've been able or the opponents run the ball on them and, and just moments where there's not a whole lot of disruption or, or sacks or what have you where Isaiah Foskey has two pressures, and that's including a sack there. But Howard Cross, like you mentioned, 11 tackles. Um, I think it was about 45, 46 snaps, give or take. Like A tackle every fourth snap is great for a linebacker, let alone an interior defensive lineman. So definitely some bright spots there, but definitely going to need more from Isaiah Foskey, more from Jason Adamalola, Robbie Mills to, you know, you've seen the flashes all offseason in that one start he made at Virginia last year for him to, put forth one of those kind of similar games where he's just unblockable for a stretch. I think this is a game where you, you look at that as being possible against the Cal offensive line that hasn't been great, especially on the edge there where uh, I, I ran the numbers yesterday and don't have it exactly on immediate recall, but in left tackle, two sacks allowed and the two right tackles, eight total pressures, probably something where you think Isaiah Foskey can, can get a few one-on-one wins there. 
You know, Patrick, I fully expect Notre Dame to be locked in, even though their goals at the start of the year are gone, national title, make the playoff. I still think this is a group that has a lot to play for because they wanted Marcus Freeman as their head coach. They told Jack Swarbrick that this was our guy. This is the guy that needs to lead us. From everything we see, one of the great traits of Marcus Freeman is that he is a leader. People respect him. People listen to him. Do you feel like this Notre Dame football team, despite being 0-2, is still pretty well locked in, not fractured, that this group is going to put together a really good effort tomorrow? Not sure how good they're going to execute, but in terms of doing what they need to do from an effort and being locked in, focused, that that's not going to be a problem. I think there's something to that, yes. And, and I think what you mentioned of, like, these guys wanted Freeman and, and enjoyed or playing for him last year, at least on the defensive side, and, and push for him as someone who upholds the culture. And if you think about or believe in, like, that culture still being strong now, what, 10 months into the Freeman era, it's not the kind of thing that would allow for a letdown in intensity, letdown in how seriously you take this game, even though it's never really been tested in the sense of, all right, your championship goals are gone before meteorological summer even comes to an end. But, yeah, I think in the sense of just bad taste in your mouth and not the way that anybody wants to go out and knowing that there is urgency and it it can always get worse because it's always possible for things to get worse in college football, uh, no matter how low you think your season might be. So. I think you'll see a an intensity show up tomorrow. I don't know as far as like what that leads to in terms of you know do they start scoring a bunch of points or going up and down the field or getting five sacks or whatever it might be. But like I, I would be very very surprised if it's just a complete like slog, let down, not sharp out of the yeah. gate, and you see Calvin up like ten to nothing or something. Finally, I know you and your colleagues at Blue and Gold Illustrated have posted your game predictions at blueandgold.com. I'm curious how difficult it was to come up with a score prediction for this game. I feel like I know what's going to happen when Cal has the football, but Patrick, I'm really struggling to get a feel for what Notre Dame is going to be. So am I, and that's why it was so hard to pick this game where at first I kind of looked at and processed that uncertainty and wild card nature of it and thought, like, you know, what real evidence or hope would there be for picking Notre Dame here? But the more you kind of look at, at Cal itself and, and some of its weaknesses and, and maybe a get-right chance for a run game that's really needing exactly that, a get-right moment where UNLV and UC Davis were able to, to run the ball on them. And those are two teams that are definitely inferior to, to Notre Dame. And the pass protection issues that they've had and thinking maybe a get-right game for that defensive line. I kind of look at that and, and just – Cal's maybe limited upside or ceiling and just think between back against the wall desperate energy that there's no real way to game plan for that Notre Dame's probably going to have just staring 0-2 I think it'll be enough to do just enough here to, to win so I have it Notre Dame 17 Cal 14 and ultimately just couldn't quite get across the, the line there of picking Cal to actually sure. send Notre Dame to 0-3 or Notre Dame to, like actually being 0-3 Patrick, what's happening right now at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, on the eve of this Notre Dame-Cal game? Yeah, my, my colleague and I, Tyler Horker, both have our kind of Friday mailbag colony type of uh, stories up that went up this morning. Uh, we'll see our visitor uh, previews for recruiting weekend. Uh, our colleague Mike Singer has done. Uh, find it all. 
and then all of our pregame, postgame, in-game coverage uh, tomorrow and throughout the weekend at blueandgold.com where you can get a first-year subscription for only a dollar. Again, that's blueandgold.com for everything Notre Dame football. Patrick, thanks for doing this. Looking forward to seeing you at the stadium tomorrow. You got it, Darren. Thank you. You bet. Patrick Engel covers Notre Dame football, Blue and Gold Illustrated. Check out Patrick, Tyler, Mike, and the crew at blueandgold.com. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Well, former Fighting Irish wide receiver Chase Claypool, member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers coming off a dramatic overtime win in Cincinnati over the Bengals last Sunday. They're back home to take on the New England Patriots, who had a frustrating loss down in Miami in week one. Well, you can tell by the comments of Patriots head coach Bill Belichick, he has a lot of respect for the talents of the former Irish wide receiver Chase Claypool. Here's what Belichick had to say about Claypool as the Patriots prepare to take on the Steelers. Now, trust me, this is as excited as Bill Belichick will get, but he gave a pretty in-depth answer and what it takes to go up against former Irish wide receiver Chase Claypool. Big, fast, really good hands, you know, big big catch radius. Um, he's kind of always open, you know, like covering a guy like Gronkowski. Or no matter where you are on him, there's a place where he can reach and get the ball that you can't reach and get the ball. So, um, you know, they use him in a variety of ways, down the field, catch and run plays, uh, hand on the ball, plays and things like that. So he's a big, big physical player, can block, block the point of attack. Run hard, got to tackle. Uh, you know, downfield receiver as well as a short and intermediate receiver, so he can get you a lot of different ways. He can do it all, obviously. Bill Belichick on former Irish wide receiver Chase Claypool, pretty high praise when he compared Claypool to Rob Gronkowski. From the standpoint, you put the ball in a spot where only he can get it. He'll figure out a way to grab it away from that defender and make a play for the football team. So Rob Gronkowski, Chase Claypool, at least in the same category there, and two guys that are just going to find a way to catch the football. 553 at WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, on yesterday's program, we introduced this question. How many games will Notre Dame football win this year against Clemson, BYU, and USC? So how many games will the Irish win against those three opponents? You get four choices on Twitter, so pretty simple. The number of wins you had to choose from, zero, one, two, or all three. The votes are in. You voted at 960 Sportspeed on Twitter. Fourth place in the voting, 13.5% of people surveyed. Survey said the Irish will win all three games. They will beat Clemson, BYU, and USC. 
Man, you talk about a turnaround for this Notre Dame football team. It would be a 180 spin to get to the point where you're executing at the level to beat those three. Third place in the voting. 21.3% say that the Irish will win zero games against Clemson, BYU, and USC. Hey, after losing to Marshall, I understand there's a portion of the fan base that just aren't believers right now. It's going to take Notre Dame playing great football to win those people back, to get them to change their minds. How many games will Notre Dame win this year against Clemson, BYU, and USC? Second in the voting, they will win two of three. That got 29.2% of the vote. I wonder which game those people believe they will lose. In my preseason predictions, I had Clemson as a loss, BYU as a loss, and USC as a win. And winning the vote, how many games will Notre Dame win this year against Clemson, BYU, and USC? One. That got 36% of the vote. Right now, Notre Dame will be an underdog, obviously, against those three teams. We thank you for voting on my Twitter account at 960SportsBeat. Here is today's question. What outright slash wagering combo will play out for Notre Dame versus California tomorrow? Here are your three choices. Choice number one, Notre Dame wins the game outright and Notre Dame covers the 10.5, 11-point spread. Your second choice, Notre Dame wins the football game outright, but the Cal Bears cover the spread. And finally, California follows in the footsteps of Marshall and pulls off the upset. Your third choice, California wins the game, which means, of course, they cover as well. So again, what outright wagering combo will play out for Notre Dame Cal? Notre Dame wins, Notre Dame covers, or Notre Dame wins, Cal covers, or California wins the game. Voting pretty tight right now. Voice your opinion on my Twitter account, at 960 Sportsbeat. Last week, 1.8% who voted had Marshall winning that game. There's a little bit more support for Cal this week in the early voting. Again, go to my Twitter account, 960 Sportsbeat. 558 Sports Center update coming up in a couple of moments. How will the Notre Dame Cal game play out? I'll do my best to offer my prediction coming up in just a couple of moments. Also, still to come, you'll hear from the new starting quarterback of the Fighting Irish, Drew Pine, and a sports wagering segment. It's a Friday before the Irish take on Cal tomorrow at 2 30 on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. So I respect what it takes to win. I, I Didn't I say this on Monday? 
What, what does what you're favored in a game mean when you're favored by 20 points and you lose? Like two teams did this week. What does it mean? It means the people favoring you either don't know what you're talking about or the players playing got affected by that. Neither one of them are good. There you go. Uncle Nick, Nick Saban, head coach of Alabama, being asked about quality of opponent. The old Crimson Tide, number one of the country, will play Louisiana Monroe this week. And he mentioned two teams favored by 20 points lost. One of those teams, unfortunately, was right here in South Bend. The Irish fell to Marshall. The big upset, the Thundering Herd, beat Notre Dame last Saturday, 26 to 21. Notre Dame now take on California tomorrow, 2.30 kickoff here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. One question, five answers. This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. All right, today's My Five. The top five ways I believe the Notre Dame-California game will play out tomorrow at Notre Dame Stadium. Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. The Fighting Irish defense will record at least four sacks. They have four sacks through two games. I believe they will get at least four tomorrow. A, this defensive line is better than they've shown so far. B, a stat I've given you quite often this week, California, pass protection, six sacks allowed in their first two games to Cal Davis and UNLV. I'm betting, just a guess, but UNLV and Cal Davis, they probably don't have a defensive lineman that would start for the Fighting Irish. Maybe someone in the rotation. I don't know. We'll learn more about UNLV later on this year. I think this Irish defensive line will have a good, good day against California, and I think they'll hold up pretty well against the run. Four! Another way the Notre Dame-Cal game will play out, as I talked to Patrick Engel from Blue and Gold Illustrated last hour, Chris Tyree, the Irish junior running back, will get the football a little bit more in this game. 12 touches over the first two games. Nine runs, three catches. I'm going to say Tyree has more touches tomorrow than he did in his first two games combined. Playmakers need the football. Okay, okay. Uh, Number three. Another way the Irish-Cal game will play out, in my estimation, fighting Irish quarterback Drew Pine will have some really good moments in this game. There might be a hiccup along the way. He might throw that pick. But I think he's going to be solid but not spectacular. Now, if he throws a touchdown pass, we might get a little strut from Mr. Pine. We've seen that before. So I could see him throwing a couple of touchdown passes, throwing interception along the way. I just want him to get comfortable early on in the football game. Give him some pass attempts where he can have some success. Get it out of his hand in a hurry so he doesn't have to think a whole lot. And you know what? 
run the football early, get ahead of the sticks. That'll take some pressure off Drew Pine. Number two. Another way the Notre Dame-Cal game will play out, in my best estimation, the Notre Dame defense will be stout against the run, and they will hold California to just one touchdown. I've got Cal scoring 13 points in this game, a touchdown and a couple of field goals. Got the Irish winning by double digits, and a big reason why I think this defense has a really, really good day because I really doubt that California consistently can be explosive in this football game. Number one. And the final way this Notre Dame-Cal game will play out, my final score prediction, the Irish do enough on offense to get the win. Really good defensive effort. Hopefully special teams is okay based on my total score for Notre Dame. Field goals will be made tomorrow by Groupie. I've got Notre Dame beating California 26-13. to 13. And that is the My 5 question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Before the Ohio State game, I had Tim Murray on the program, one of the hosts on VEASAN, the sports wagering channel that goes over everything in sports. He is a part of a primetime show with former Buccaneers quarterback Sean King that airs from 6 to 9 Eastern time on VEASAN. He also is a part of a college football podcast with Matt Yeoman. And here is my former guest, Tim Murray and Matt Yeoman talking about the Notre Dame-California game. What do they expect tomorrow from this matchup between the Fighting Irish and the Cal Bears? I'm not going to lay the 11 with Notre Dame here, but I do have a play on this game. I expect, and maybe I'm the biggest idiot ever, which is very possible, uh, that Cal's going to get shut down by Notre Dame defensively. I think this an opportunity at home, and uh, I was – I think the Notre Dame defense, more so than anything, Matt, has to look back at the game tape against Marshall and want to vomit all over itself. Miss tackles, miss read, you know, read options. And it's not like Cal is anything uh, to write home about when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. So uh, at DraftKings right now, team total for Cal is 14 and a half. I took the under. Yeah. It's a risky play because, uh, you know, a pick six or a, a fumble by Notre Dame gives Cal good field position. So you're not you're working with a small margin there, but I expect Notre Dame to really kind of bog them down. You look back at the Cal UNLV game. I mean, Cal had to hold on for dear life in that game. <laughs> yeah. uh, Cal, I think, had 36 yards on the last four drives. First game of the year against UC Davis, they had negative one yard in the first uh, first quarter. Jack Plummer is a guy that Notre Dame knows from his time at Purdue. Uh, so I expect Notre Dame to win this game ugly, like 17 to 12, somewhere in that ballpark. <laughs> Um, but I, I, I think they win defensively. I'll take the team total under for uh, for Cal in this one. If it, if it finishes seventeen to twelve, I'll buy you dinner at Barry's. Uh, <laughs> and I'll also, y'all need eyeball replacements because I'll gouge them out on Saturday be, afternoon. That would be a hell of a call. Seventeen twelve. Seventeen twelve. Notre Dame over Cal. Uh, no, thank you. I think the twelve might be right. Uh, actually, I'd be, kind of be surprised if Cal even gets to double digits in this game. Jack Plummer. Quarterback to much better Purdue offense in South Bend last year and lost that game 27-13. to He got benched after that game. This Cal offense is uh, pretty poor. And I think you're right about Notre Dame being a high, highly motivated defense, just a highly motivated team in general. Uh, much stronger 
on the offensive and defensive lines. I think we'll control this game. It's not one of my best bets, but if, I, if I'm going to play it, I'm going to play the Irish, and I would look under the total. I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game where uh, I'm not sure Cal gets to 10 points. All right, so the over-under is 39.5 for tomorrow's ball game. I have 39 as my total, and just like Tim mentioned, he's got Cal scoring 12. I have California scoring 13. But Tim's right, one turnover, a pick six, a kickoff return for a touchdown, and that might go by the board. So that's a look at the game from Tim Murray and Matt Yeoman. You can check out their podcast. Just go to VSIN on Twitter. That's V-S-I-N Live. And you can check out all of their college football conversation. Tim is a huge Notre Dame football fan. He has spent a lot of Saturdays here in South Bend going to Notre Dame football games. Two members of his family went to Notre Dame. So he's highly invested. He is a diehard fan. So I know he's a little frustrated that the Irish are 0-2, but he's got the Irish winning 17-12 to tomorrow. 6-19 is our time. I'm Darren Pritchett. A little bit more on getting Chris Tyree touches coming up. Offensive coordinator Tommy Reese was asked about the limited touches for the junior running back. That discussion coming up in a couple of moments as Sportsbeat continues on your home of the Fighting Irish. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel won by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chased by Gamble. 20, 10. What a run. Touchdown. Spectacular run. Here's the fake. Meyer looking. Meyer finding the other tight end. Irv Smith touchdown. Flag by rocket touchdown. Irish. Here's your host. Darren Pritchett. 627 at WSBT. Boy, did we miss Mike Tirico and the Notre Dame booth last Saturday. Mike now moving on to Sunday night football. Well-deserving role for Mike. Truly one of the best announcers in our business. And to make things full circle with Mike Tirico going to Sunday night football on NBC, Al Michaels became a free agent and he landed on Prime Video's NFL Thursday night football broadcast team. Kind of an interesting combination, bringing the NFL and college football together. It was Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet on the call last night. I'm sure there were a lot of fans that were not expecting to not be able to see last night's ball game. If you are not a Prime Video subscriber, you were out of luck and let to the Twitch app, which... I did last night and was able to watch a feed of the game from Prime Video. And it was a really good game that you hated to miss. Two really good AFC teams from the AFC West. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers. Two franchise quarterbacks matching up in this game. Justin Herbert for the Bolts and Patrick Mahomes for Kansas City. In the ballgame, Kansas City pulled out the victory. But early on in the ballgame, the Chargers had the advantage. They were up 3-0 in the second quarter. First play of the second quarter, they had the ball second down and goal inches from the goal line. And we're going to kind of bring this conversation more local as we can add a couple of local stories to this play in which Al Michaels called it on Prime Video 
last night. Little motion off the fake, pass to the outside, caught. And that's Horvath, a rookie out of Purdue, picked in the seventh round, and he's begun his NFL career with touchdowns in his first two games. That is great broadcasting. He was prepared for that. That's just impressive. That's why Michaels is one of the best in the business. You got he was a seventh-round pick. You got he was from Purdue. He's caught touchdown passes in his first two games. That is some elite high-level broadcasting. No surprise coming from Al Michaels. Well, Xander Horvath, of course, played his high school football at Mishawaka Marion, went on to play for Purdue, suffered that leg injury last year. The week before the Notre Dame game, did not get to play on his home turf, basically, at Notre Dame Stadium, but was drafted by the L.A. Chargers in the seventh round, made the 53-man roster for the opening week of the NFL season, and he is their starting fullback. He had a touchdown catch last week at home against the Las Vegas Raiders, and Horvath now has another touchdown catch, this a one-yarder at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. And here's a fun fact for you as we bring in two local storylines. Xander Horvath is the first seventh-round pick to catch a touchdown pass in each of his first two career games since 2008 when Chansey Stuckey did it for the New York Jets. Yes, that Chansey Stuckey, who is Marcus Freeman's wide receiver coach at the University of Notre Dame. In fact, Stuckey took that a step further. Chansey had a touchdown in each of his first three NFL games. He caught a touchdown pass in his first three. Horvath, at least right now, has a touchdown in each of his first two games. So, again, that stat, it was from ESPN Stats and Info. Xander Horvath is the first seventh-round pick to catch a touchdown patch in each of his first two career games since. Chansey Stuckey did that for the New York Jets in 2008. Good stuff there, bringing Mishawaka, Marion, and Notre Dame into that NFL conversation. 632 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Darren Pritchett with you. A reminder of what's coming up tonight on WSBT Radio. We have South Bend Cubs baseball at 715. It is the third and deciding game of their Midwest League Western Division Championship Series against Cedar Rapids. Cedar Rapids won 5-3 last night to force Game 3. So here, Game 3 coming up at 7-15 on WSBT Radio. We have Mishawaka Caveman football tonight on our sister station, 96-1, the ton. The Cavemen ranked number 2 in Class 5A. They are 4-0 overall, 2-0 in the NLC, and they will take on a struggling Plymouth team who recently got beat by Warsaw. 70 to nothing. So Mishawaka and Plymouth, it is homecoming for Mishawaka as they look to go 5-0 on the season. So you can hear Mishawaka and Plymouth 7 o'clock on our sister station, 96-1 the ton. couple of huge high school football games tonight, also in the NLC. 4-0 Warsaw plays at 4-0 Northwood. And also a great game tonight, the Penn Kingsman will play at Elkhart in the NIC game of the night. Good night for high school football. It's going to be very warm at Notre Dame Stadium tomorrow for the Irish and Cal. 
It is going to be mostly sunny and hot, muggy, a high of 88 degrees. There is going to be a little bit of wind activity, southwest winds, 5 to 15 mile per hour. So it is going to be a warm one at Notre Dame Stadium for the Irish and the Cal Bears. Our pregame coverage starts at 8 a.m. Tyler Horka and I will have game day sports beat presented by Michelob Ultra from 11 until 1.30 right here on WSBT Radio. I know one thing that Tyler and I will be talking about tomorrow, and that is the state of the Irish offense. 117th in the country in scoring at 15.5 points per game through two contests. That is not what anyone expected. You look at some of the game changers on offense for Notre Dame, It all starts with the All-American tight end, Michael Mayer. No surprise, leads the team with 13 catches for 135 yards. The top wide receiver is Lorenzo Stiles. Nine touches through two games, eight catches for 123. Also has a rush for 22 yards. And then there's Chris Tyree. Now, he's a part of a loaded running back room. You've got Audric Estime and Logan Diggs that are getting game time action right now. But outside of Mayer and Styles, Tyree to me is a a key part to this offense. Nine rushes for 45 yards, three catches for 20 yards, so 12 touches through two games for Chris Tyree. Outside of Mayer, Styles, and Tyree, the rest of the team has seven catches out of the 31, and rushes not named Tyree – 58 of 67. So Tyree right now in the minority for rushes for this football team. But the running backs are going to get more carries with Buckner out and now Drew Pine as the starting quarterback. Offensive coordinator Tommy Reese met the media this week. It sounds like it's going to be a regular thing. We'll hear from the coordinators weekly. And here's Tommy Reese being asked about the lack of touches for running back Chris Tyree so far this year. Yeah, we got to continue to find ways to get guys that you know we think can can help our offense be more explosive touches. And you know, Chris certainly falls under that category. And you know, myself, Coach McCullough, we're working tirelessly to make sure that he's in a position to have success. Well, he's a guy that seems to be a player with the ability to line up anywhere on the football field. I think that's why we focused on Tyree during the offseason with all the question marks at wide receiver, and those questions are becoming reality right now for this football team. Tyree is a player that played wide receiver in high school. He can play out there. We know he can catch the football. He's got three catches through two games. But also, let's don't forget, Chris Tyree was a dynamic runner Back during his freshman year, backing up Kyron Williams. We know he can be a game changer. Had the kickoff return for a touchdown last year. This guy has electric speed, but it has been more of a running back by committee for Tommy Reese so far this year. We kind of have a three-headed monster at running back with Tyree, Audric Estime, and Logan Diggs. So why use three backs? Is there a thought to cut that down? To give Tyree more touches, here's Tommy Reese on Notre Dame using three running backs. Yeah, I think all three guys can do just about anything we want them to. I think certain guys do certain things at a, at a better level than the other, right? And that can come in different shapes and sizes. Um, 
you know, we have three backs that we feel like we can win with, and we're going to find ways to, to make that happen. Yeah. All right, so it sounds like full steam ahead. He has three running backs that can help him win. So it doesn't look like anything is going to be simplified in the running back room by narrowing down three ball carriers to two. Personally, I kind of like the way Tyree and Estimate can do things together. I know Logan Diggs can be a really good running back for this football team. Maybe he's still not back to 100%. Would you say that after watching him so far this year? Patrick Engel brought that up earlier in the program. Patrick from Blue and Gold Illustrated. I would just like to see Tyree be that multi-use offensive player. I don't want to call him a running back. I want to call him an offensive weapon that can be used in many different ways, but it just feels like maybe Tyree, you got to figure out a way to get him the football. The easiest way is to hand it off to him. When you get him in the pass pattern, of course, nothing is guaranteed there, but getting him touches, he leads the running backs at five yards per carry, nine rushes through two games for a total of 45 yards. As I mentioned, 15 and a half points per game for the Fighting Irish. Now a very conservative game plan against Ohio State. They were not going to score a lot of points in that game, but against Marshall, only 21. Is Tommy Reese surprised by the lack of success by his offense? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you'd hope you have a vision and you go out to execute it and plan better, but look, it all starts with me. Um, you know, I got to be better. I got to give our guys a better opportunity to succeed. I got to do more to make sure that everybody knows what's expected and what we're trying to accomplish. Um, you know, you're around this game long enough. I don't think surprise is the right word, but, you know, we're extremely driven to make sure that we fix it. Well, Marcus Freeman has said it. This is an offensive line, defensive line program. It all starts at the line of scrimmage. And the offensive line... I'm betting you as a fan probably thought it was going to be a strength of the football team. I sure did. In fact, I thought offensive line, defensive line in some order would be the strength of this football team. You might argue the secondary has come from the bottom up to the top as one of the key parts to this football team. But the offensive line playing better sure the heck helps the offensive play caller being able to call a lot more different things if you don't get the offensive line settled down it's tough if you can figure out a way to run the football that helps this football team and I think you're gonna need a really good running game with the change at the quarterback position 640 at WSBT I'm Darren Pritchett Sportsbeat continues here on WSBT radio coach Reese was asked what can he do right now to help the offense? Yeah, I think just continue to adapt, uh, continue to find ways to uh, move the football, continue to find ways to put guys in a positive spot to, to have success. I mean, that all falls on my shoulders. I want it to fall on my shoulders. Um, you know, we got to continue to pivot and find new ways to, to execute and you know, find ways to reach guys that we need to continue to play with. He now turns the football over to Drew Pine. Tyler Buckner, the Irish starting quarterback, the first two games out for the season with left shoulder surgery. So now Drew Pine is your starting quarterback, and here are some of the thoughts of Drew leading into this matchup with Cal. These circumstances, but just your mindset going in and being thrown into this situation. Um, you know, my mindset's never changed since the moment I got here. So always to be as prepared and as uh, ready as possible for any point that I need to help the team. So. Um, you know, I'm just going to keep preparing and treating practice like a game every single day and uh, getting our team ready to go out there and have success. Is there anything different this week for you, though? 
Um, no, you know, I think it's easy to fall in a trap to think that it's different, whether it's, you know, mentally or, you know, really anything. But, uh, you know, I'm just taking it as, you know, I've prepared as hard as I can, no matter what situation I've been in. And, um, you know, obviously I got to lead the guys on the practice field and push them to practice as hard as we can every single day. And uh, that's what I'm focused on right now. Does it help having more of the reps in practice, though, to get yourself ready as opposed to coming in? Cold and in the fourth quarter late in the game. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I think having reps in practice, the more reps you get, um, you know, the better you get. But at the same time, you know, I, I got reps in practice, uh, you know, for the past two weeks. And any, every time Tyler had reps, you know, I'd watch, watch him from behind and, and uh, you know, see the defense and, you know, take a mental rep every single play. So, um, you know, even when the twos go in practice, I, I still take mental reps. So, um, you know, just always trying to sharpen up. Uh, you know, whether I'm in or out is something that I've always done. You obviously love Notre Dame and you grew up a Notre Dame fan. What does this opportunity mean to you now as, as the full-time guy? Um, you know, it means a lot. Uh, you know, it's an honor to be able to help, you know, help this team win. Yeah, um, but, you know, for me, all this, like I said, it's easy to fall into a trap but and, you know, have this all affect me in many different ways. But, you know, I'm focused on one thing, and that's preparing as hard as I can for Cal and practicing as hard as I can to be able to, you know, have success this weekend. You know, what have you seen, I guess, as the backup? What did you see where the offense was struggling at, those mental notes that you may have been taking in, and where can you help um, in those struggles as an offensive unit stepping in as the Um Well, you know, I think it's easy to, you know, point fingers on, on you know, the offense. and But, you know, it takes 11 guys to succeed. And on offense, it takes – you know, and able to run the ball, it takes receivers, it takes a quarterback, it takes a running back, it takes, you know, it takes 11 guys to su succeed. So, um, you know, for me, I'm just hoping, or I'm not hoping, I'm preparing as hard as I can to, um, you know, play well on Saturday. And I'm just taking it practice by practice and rep by rep and doing everything as hard as I can with as much focus as I can and just treating every single practice like a game. You kind of touched on it earlier, but how beneficial is it for you just to take control of the game and the offense from snap one? Versus it coming in cold. Um, you know, I've always, I think obviously just, you know, having a flow of being able to play a whole game helps. But, you know, for me, I've always said, you know, Drew, whatever, whatever you get your chance, you got to be right. Whether it's, you know, fourth quarter, third quarters, you know, first half, you know, the whole game. I, I've always told myself that I need to be ready no matter what. And so I've always prepared that way because, you know, I don't want to look back and be like, ah, you know, I didn't prepare that well because I didn't know I was going in, whatever. So I've always... No matter what, um, you know, I've always prepared as hard as I can, and you know, hopefully, you know, just the flow of playing a whole game does help. But, yeah. And, and then, what's the balance of like making sure Michael and Lorenzo get the ball while also not forcing it to them as well? Um, you know, I think Coach Reese does a great job of that. Uh, Coach Reese knows how to get guys open. He knows how to create space. He knows how to, you know, put us and and me in a great position to succeed and. Um, so, you know, just get, being able to get those guys the ball and, you know, spread it around the offense is something that Coach Reese does really well. And I have full faith in him and everything he does. And um, so, yeah. Last question. Many times we look at the challenges that you'll face, but talk about the opportunities that you see. Um, you know, I think long term, I'm not thinking long term. I think that the, the opportunity that I see is to come back tomorrow and practice. I think the opportunity that I see right now is after this, I'm going to go watch the film go watch third down for tomorrow and come back and practice tomorrow. So I think, you know, like I said, it's easy to fall into the whole entire trap of, you know, thinking about 
at letting all this get to me and get to my head or whatever. But the opportunity that you know I have and you know where I'm standing right now is to be able to go get better by watching film and coming out tomorrow and having a great practice. That is new Irish quarterback Drew Pine. Coming up next, sports wagering talk. Normally, I give you four picks. How about seven today? That's coming up next on your home of the Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Show me the money. We go with Sizzler. We go with Sizzler. We wrap up the program with some sports wagering conversation on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Darren Pritchett with you at 650. Well, last night, a little good, a little bad, which is better than the bad throughout the week that I've had in this segment. All four suggestions last night based on Thursday Night Football, the Chiefs and the Chargers. The first two, really good. I went under 54 total points between the Chargers and Chiefs at minus 110. And that was a winning pick as the game ended up 51. I took the Chargers plus 4.5 at minus 115. That turned out okay. The Chiefs won by 3, so we covered with the 4.5. The two losing wagers, I thought the Chargers would have more control of this game, less throwing from Herbert, but he had to bring him back, so he went over 282 passing yards. I missed that. And even though Patrick Mahomes, wasn't he intercepted like three times, but things waved it off. I had him throwing at least one interception in the game at minus 135. He did not throw a pick. So two and two last night, five and 11 for the week. Still barely over 500 for September at 20, 19 and one. Let's go big tonight. Normally, we give you four suggestions. We've got college. We've got NFL. So we're going with our super seven picks for tonight. All right, here we go with college football. I think I'm in the minority here, so I guess I can be wrong all by myself. I've got Notre Dame laying the 10.5 against Cal. I have Notre Dame winning 26-13, so I'll lay the 10.5 at minus 110. The other three college football selections are from the Southeastern Conference. I mean, Georgia looks fabulous. They'll take on Spencer Rattler and the Gamecocks of Southern California on the road tomorrow. You know what? I don't like laying big numbers, but I'm all in on Georgia. Those dogs are going to get it done. I'll lay the 25 at minus 110. I'm going to lay another big number. Florida minus 24 at home against South Florida at minus 110. A bounce back spot for Florida coming off the loss to Kentucky. Anthony Richardson, the Gator quarterback, he will have a much better performance in this game. South Florida gave up 50 at home to BYU in their opener. They're 1-1, one and, one, and they lost by 29 to BYU. I think Florida beats South Florida by more than 24. And my fourth and final... College football suggestion, LSU plus three against Mississippi State. Yeah, I'm going to go with Coach Kelly. Hopefully there's going to be some good execution by the Tigers. I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe, maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. Thank you, Coach. Such inspiring words. I think LSU either loses close or barely wins against Mississippi State. I'll take the three. Now my three NFL picks for this week. I enjoyed the Lions on Hard Knocks. Fun team, fun head coach. Rodrigo, my guy. 
So I'm kind of pumped on the Lions, but it has nothing to do with being all in on the Lions Sunday. I love this game. Lions minus one and a half against the Commanders. Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars went right through the Commanders defense. Lions have better personnel. I think they have a really good day offensively. I like the Lions minus one and a half at home against Washington. Jared Goff against Carson Wentz. Get your popcorn. The G-Men coming off. A nice win in Nashville over the Titans. Normally you fade a team like the Giants after a big surprising win. They got the Panthers coming to New Jersey. Baker Mayfield and the boys. I think it's going to be tight, so I'm just going to go Giants money line against the Panthers at minus 126. And finally, my seventh and final suggestion, Patriots-Steelers. The Patriots have owned Pittsburgh through the years, or at least since Bill Belichick has been the head coach. Patriots, bad last week against Miami. Steelers, surprising win at Cincinnati. I think the trains pass in the middle of the night. Patriots, a bounce-back performance. I'll take the Patriots on the money line at the Steelers at minus 130. Sports be brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend football fans. This Bud's for you. The Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. Tim Ground State Farm Insurance, for surprisingly great rates that fit anyone's budget, call Tim at 574-232-9981. South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt, don't shop, or new beginnings have happy endings. Legacy Heating and Air, a cook family business. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana. September is Hunger Action Month. How will you choose to help end hunger? Learn more at feedindiana.org. And by Four Winds Casinos, your entertainment escape. Must be 21 years old. Please play responsibly. South Bend Cubs baseball at 7:15. Caveman football right now on 96.1 The Ton. It is 6:55 at WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 